Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Just want to take a few moments to share these thoughts, and then what I'd like to do is have individuals to do what the scriptures talk about when it says, just tell something good and great that God has done for you. And what I'd like to initiate by saying this, first of all, it's not a lengthy, real long, detailed testimony. It's just, I want to thank God for this. If you got healed, in other words, not the whole testimony of what took place, a play-by-play, I could, for example, I thank God that he healed Andrew of of Dante of Crohn's disease and and also Andrew of 22Q11. And of course, many of you know his story, but I wouldn't give the whole details of it. But we want as many as we can just to take something. And when when I'm done with my message, you'll get the gist of it. So first of all, no one instantly develops a grateful heart or an attitude of thanksgiving. It's a learned something. We've got to be taught it. Because in the natural, you see, we're not always grateful or thankful. We're, in some cases, just being controlled by our circumstances around us. And it's very easy just to be overwhelmed by the circumstances and not focusing on the good things. So it takes us developing the habit of becoming thankful people. It's an exercise that we've got to perform in our lives so that we can be. So what are some of the things that we, we need to do to develop a thankful heart? Well, number one, regularly practice thanksgiving or being grateful. Look at James 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down the Father, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Notice every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. So in other words, anything that happens in our lives that's good, you know where it came from. It came from the Father of lights. It came from above. And our focus is to be on the goodness of God rather than focusing on maybe something that's not so good that's taking place in our lives. You think about the Israelites of old, how they came out of Egypt. Their focus was on anything and everything that they did not have rather than everything that God had done for them and was doing for them in their lives. And so God was not happy with them. So it's important that uh, we, so to speak, rewire our brain so that we could be more focusing on the good things and not on the bad things. Secondly, we express gratitude Regardless of whatever situation we might be in, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 makes that very clear. When the Apostle Paul said, in everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So if we want to walk in the will of God and carry out the will of God, one major part of it is in everything, give thanks. Not for the problem, but for the problem solver. So if we've got a difficult situation, it's easy to gravitate toward that, feel sorry for ourselves, have a victim's mentality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
ignoring all the good things that are around us and just focusing on that because that's how we feel. Our feelings and emotions are taking us down this path. He says, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks to the problem solver. So if, if we need protection, thank him that he is our protector. If we need provision, thank him that he is our provider. I want to thank you, for, for example, when you got up this morning that I've got breath in my lungs. Thank you for that. You see, James understood this. Look at James chapter 1. This is 13 through 16 for the, from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, for God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he's drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dearly beloved brothers. What's he trying to communicate? God's not the source of the problem. God's the problem solver. God's not the source of the trial. He's the one that helps us overcome the trial. And James, who was taught this by his brother, by the way, half-brother Jesus, understood this and tried to communicate this to the 12 tribes of Israel that were scattered all around to let them know God's not the problem now. Get your focus on the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the power of God, God's divine enablement and ability to help you overcome and rise up above the situation no matter what it is that you encounter in life. Number three, another habit is to praise God when everything is well, when all is going well. We should be constantly praising God for, for it all. It's easy when you, for example, have everything that's smooth in your life, just going wonderfully in your life, to really take it for granted and ignore God just because you're content. But look at Psalm uh, 107, verses 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord because everything is going well. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So we are to say that the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Those are the reasons why we give thanks unto the Lord. Thank you for the breath I breathe. Thank you for the food I eat. Thank you for the water I drink. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the car that I drive. Thank you. And you just keep on going on. You're good. Thank you for all the wonderful things in my life. Look at number four. Learn the strength of being thankful. The joy of the Lord we know is our strength, right? Well, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, My brethren, count it all joy or holy delight when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have a perfect worth, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Once again, this is not natural. When things go bad, we don't feel like counting it joy. But he's saying, get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes on the problem solver and start thanking him for moving. Be aware of the goodness of God. Be aware of the greatness of God. And even though your feelings and emotions want to run wild and, you want, and really they want control of your tongue and your lips so that you say things that agree with the situation and that's not really the right thing to do, what we're supposed to do is just count it all joy. That's a command. Make it holy delight. Let it let me express through your being that God is working on my behalf. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I want joy, I've got to shout for it. If I want joy, I've got to leap for it. So in other words, leap and shout for joy. Why? Because what's overwhelming and overriding everything is all the negativity that's around us, the adversity and the circumstances that are coming against us. So shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph because God goes up in a shout. And he'll, he'll cause the enemy to be scattered and splattered. Amen. If we thank him in the midst of the storm.
And then finally, make gratitude a part of our interaction with each other. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Here's the Apostle Paul. I thank my God upon a few remembrances of you. Once in a while, when you do me a favor, I thank God for you. No? I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Have you told that to somebody? Is it easy for you to look at someone and think about, okay, these are some things that are good things, some things are bad things. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. What an example to follow. You know, we're aware of our shortcomings, faults and failures and all that. But when we start looking at people this way, like Paul did and saying, I need you. I appreciate you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for all that you do and continue to do that. What do we do? We invest in people's lives. So you can see it's not being thankful to God only, but also being thankful to God for the people he has surrounded us with in life. And you know what? The most difficult ones probably to express thanksgiving to is our closest people because we take them for granted and think that they should expect that I appreciate that. When we say thank you to somebody, we absolutely raise up their value in our eyes and in theirs and their self-worth. And so God wants us to develop an attitude of, of thanksgiving. And it starts with just, for example, my family. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your friends. Thank God for food on the table. Thank God for water that you drink. You might think, well, that's just a, a minor thing. Really? Go out in the wilderness and be out there for a while and find out if it's something small. Thank God you got a roof over your head. Thank God you got a car that you drive. Thank God, thank God for a, a, a washing machine that washes your clothes. In the Philippines, it was a whole lot different than that. I'll tell you what. And all that they had to go through. Thank God. See, we lose sight of the things that are so valuable, things that are so important to us. When it comes to the things of God, and we're going to do this here tonight above everything else. You talk about giving thanks. Thank God that he saw us on the circle of the earth. He saw the depth of our sin. He saw the consequence of our sin. He saw we would spend an eternity in the lake of fire. And he said, now nah, I just can't let this go on. This is not my will for the people that I created. I know some, is going to, some will reject me and some are going to accept me. And so you know what? I'm going to make it possible for those that want to accept me to accept me. So what? I'm going to send my son to this earth. He's going to robe himself in flesh. He's going to take my sin upon his own being. God's going to lay on him the wrath of, a, the wrath of God. He's going to become the curse for us, sin for us, sickness for us, mental anguish for us. It will all be laid upon him. He will suffer the wrath of Almighty God so that I can have a family. I will raise him up on the third day. He'll take his blood to the high court of heaven. He'll see that he obtains eternal redemption for us. And guess what? There'll be those that will be drawn like a magnet to that truth, those truths. You talk about being thankful? Our eternity is wrapped up in this supper tonight. So right now, I'm just going to ask anyone here, it doesn't have to be huge, take a moment, because it talks about in the scriptures, tell what great things God has done.